Hello everyone, my name is Zach Frederick, and today I'm going to be going through John 2, 1 through 12. This passage is the story of Jesus' first miracle at the wedding in Cana. While Jeff spoke on this passage last Sunday in his message, I'm excited to revisit this passage today. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Bible is alive and active. So, in my eyes, God is constantly speaking to us through his word, and we can read it over and over again and learn something new from it each and every time. So while Jeff might have spoken on this last week, I'm excited to see what God has maybe highlighted to me and what he might highlight to you this morning. So let's begin by reading John 2, 1 through 12. The wedding at Cana. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servant, Do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six water jars, were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servant followed his instruction. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water, that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew. He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept that the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding... He went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brother, and his disciples. So today we find in our story Jesus at this wedding celebration, and it's lasted a few days. In some translations, it even mentions it as the third day, so the third day after the day of the actual wedding ceremony. This was common as celebrations could last as long as a week, and as was custom, they would invite as many people as possible. I like to think of it as a big family reunion plus all your best friends to make the party great. The only problem with a party this size is it's kind of hard to know how many people are going to come and for how long. It's like when you RSVP people for something and then no one replies. You have no idea what to tell the catering company. And it's quite the headache. Too much and you overpay and you don't know what to do with all the leftover food and you're eating it for the next month. Too little, and you risk the chance of becoming the town mockery um, for who knows how long. Having not enough food was social suicide and a faux pas, especially in this day and time, and was really quite the humiliation. See, the dilemma is this. Mary, Jesus' mother, asks his son, Jesus, to help a friend who's in need because they've run out of wine. Jesus possibly a friend or at least a regular acquaintance with this person, uh, this friend, is tasked with the responsibility of now fixing the problem. The only problem is, like he mentions to his mother, it's not his time to do miracles. It's not his time to begin his ministry. Yet Mary, in spite of his response, seems to have faith that Jesus will do something. And so she trusts and tells the servant, do whatever he says. 
Mary's faith in this moment is unshakable, almost stubborn, maybe even persistent. It is even comparable to other occurrences we see in Jesus' ministry. For example, a woman is simply healed because she believes that if she can just touch Jesus' robe, she'll be healed, and she is. A Roman soldier has such faith that he says to Jesus, if you simply say that my son will be healed, it will be so. In all of these stories, those are just two, Jesus commends these people for their faith and even says to a few of them that your faith has healed you. Mary simply didn't take Jesus' no as an answer that she would accept. Her response was telling the servants, do whatever he tells you. This isn't a recommendation to, to challenge you to challenge what God says, because that's probably not a road to great success in life. What I think this was was a declaration of her faith and that God is a God who provides. Mary believes and knew that truth. She knew that God was a God who provides. And so she appealed to the heart and the truth of who she knew God was. And that was God as a provider. She knew that Jesus could do something to change that situation. And so her heart, her empathy, and maybe even her desire, I believe, could change the heart of God. The heart of a mother, the faith of a believer, can soften the heart of God. Well, it wasn't Jesus' time, meaning time to do miracles or begin his ministry. He's compelled to action. This time is referring to when Jesus' ministry would begin or start. That his road to the cross and the time where he would begin to do miracles, gather his disciples, and gain a following wasn't to start yet. So Jesus wasn't saying necessarily that he didn't want to help, but that it wasn't time for him to maybe do the thing that his mother thought, to begin doing miracles that he knew could solve the problem. Jesus, either out of obedience for his mother, compelled by empathy, or permission from God, takes action. We don't know which one it is, or at least it's not specified. Jesus sees ceremonial washing jars, or the stone jars, as mentioned in the story. These were used to cleanse oneself for ceremonial purpose, so that there was washing, so there was washing their bodies or washing their hands. It was used to hold water for the ritual of purification. I like to think of this as your mom making you take a bath um, when you were a kid before church on Sunday. It was an act of respect, but in this case, also a very deep spiritual implication of cleansing oneself, not only physically, but an action uh, of that spiritually, as well of cleansing themselves of sin or the impurities of their lives. Jesus tells them to fill it up with water, which in this time would be against religious law to use sacred ceremonial washing jars for the purpose of a common social gathering or party. But we see here, even before Jesus' ministry has begun, that he's not concerned with the letter of the written law, of religious practice, but the heart of, uh, heart of the law, of grace, love, and compassion. In a world full of religious leaders where religion and following the laws was the most important thing, Jesus, a new teacher, was more concerned with the value of the human heart, of caring for a friend or a person in need. Not 
them not them as opposed to following a religious ceremony and rule. He found greater value in the respect of a friend, of a person, than he did in a religious ritual. His heart, his purpose was to fulfill the heart of God's law by living it out, not by following the letter that man had written, but by following that the law and the heart that, that God had written. And it was his job to fulfill it. See, Jesus' first miracle is only recognized by a few people. I think that's kind of baffling, right? The only people that he recognizes it are his disciples and the servants. It doesn't even really say that word got around at the party. It just says that the only thing we know is that the servants went and got the water and that the action of this was that his disciples believed. I think it's kind of a cool realization that Jesus is content with doing spectacular things in ordinary ways for ordinary people with no special desire to be recognized. Which is often how I think he works in my own life. Often so quietly I may not even recognize it all the time or until later when I look back and see how much he's done for me or how I see his fingerprints all over my life. Similar to the couple at this wedding, they might not have even known that they were running out of wine, but Jesus still did a miracle. Jesus still worked in their situation. See, Jesus is concerned with transforming our heart, with making an impact, with building our faith, and allowing us to believe, right? Just like his disciples did. It said his disciples believed because of this. Jesus isn't concerned with getting credit or even recognition. He was content with meeting the needs and meeting that need with the best that God had to offer. Through that, it sparks belief in his disciples and probably even the servants who are part of the miracle as well. See, those are just two things of this story that really stuck out to me. Of, of so many things that really could be. And so I encourage you that maybe God was speaking to you through this passage in another way. Um, and so I encourage you to take the time to do that. Um, but just in light of those two points, my question to you would be this. What are, what's an area in your life where, like Mary, you need to have faith, maybe even the courage to say to Jesus, here's a problem and I need you to show up. Tell me what to do, because I don't. I encourage you to maybe take some time this week or this afternoon to see maybe what God might be saying to you. To take some time to be still, to be quiet, and to listen, and to see what he has to say. Like Mary, believe that he has the answer, and listen, and wait for his instruction. Also, I encourage you that in this process, to take time to look and see and be thankful of how God has already worked in your life and maybe working in your life. Time and time again, I'm blown away and looking back and seeing how much God has done for me and how so often I maybe overlook it or don't recognize it until I take the time to look back, period. Sometimes I just take it for granted. And that there's no greater way of building our faith, of encouraging ourselves, and of believing and knowing and trusting that God can speak than to see how he's 
spoken already in our life time and time again. So I encourage you to do that this week. I'd like to close us with prayer. So let's pray. God, I just thank you so much that you're a God who's concerned with us, that you're concerned with meeting our needs. You know where we're broken, where we're hurting, where we need your help. Lord, where we need a miracle that only you can provide and that only you can do. And so, Lord, we just sit here just like Mary with faith asking you to show up and seeking to hear the answer that you have for us. And so if it's for us to do something, Lord, that we pray that you would just make that clear to us and that you would give us the courage to take those actions, Lord. We're just so thankful for how you've shown up in our life over and over again, Lord. And so in this time, as we seek to show up and see you work in our lives, we trust that just like you've shown up in our lives and you've shown up in the lives of so many people in your word, um, that the same God who's faithful and just to complete those works, you will complete a work in us, Lord. So we just ask you in that faith and trusting and knowing that you'll show up and we'll be grateful and thankful for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed day.